You are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Marsha Acker. She's the founder and CEO of Team Catapult, leadership development firm. She is an executive and leadership team coach. She's an author, a speaker, and I'm really looking forward to speaking about leadership and communication with her. Hi, Marsha. Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Elena. It's nice to be here. So, Marsha, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and how did you get to to become uh, this leadership coach? <laughs> I I often say I took a rather circuitous route to do what I'm doing. So my background in education was in software engineering. And right out of um, school, I found myself sort of often leading requirements gathering sessions between end users and developers. So sort of bridging this what I would call now a communication gap between um, those two groups of people. And that is really what got me started down this path, this long and winding route I took to where I'm at today, which is I started to realize that number one, a lot comes down to communication and how we communicate. I was so passionate about change, but you know, early on that change was how do I help people change by technology or putting new processes in place or you know, helping to automate things, so making things easier for people. And it was at multiple steps along my own journey that I started to realize I had the technical skills um, and I had the processes, but what school never taught me was the human being skills of how to work with other humans. And I really found myself kind of out over my own skis, so to speak about, you know, how do I, how do I interface with others? And what does it look like to communicate and what does it look like to lead? And so that took me down many routes. One was going off to coaching school, which actually wasn't originally to become a coach. I went because I wanted, I was fascinated by the process of professional coaching and I wanted to learn better leadership skills. So I started off with like having no intention of doing that, but, um, but here I am today <laughs> And, you know, leadership and communication and helping people navigate change, um, work with change is, yeah, a really key focus. And it's, it's highly informed by my own journey that brought me here. Well, yeah, it is so important what you do because leadership and communication are such important skills right now. So when you're working with your clients, what what do you think are the most important leadership skills that we should work on right now? Well, I first, I think I'd start by saying I think about leadership as I think there are leaders and I think that can be a position, right? It can be, you can be in a position to be a leader, but I think about leadership as something that we all uh, can demonstrate. It can happen anywhere in the organization. 
doesn't matter your role or your title. So I, I don't think that leadership is saved for, you know, a few folks. And I do believe leadership is about, it's a bit of an art. And I think there's some science to it, you know, around um, how to lead effectively. But ultimately, it's how do you relate to others? How do you communicate with them? How do you inspire? How do you help a group of people um, show up and be their best selves and work with even if we can't be our best selves in a singular moment? And how do we use the process of communication in order to further what we want to do together? So towards a specific outcome or objective. And so, yeah, I think leadership and communication are, you know, they're they're sort of inextricable. Like they, so much of what we do really comes down to when we gather with other people, like when we come face-to-face, whether it's virtually face-to-face or whether we're in person, how do we behave and how do we communicate with each other and where do we get in our own way and where do we start making up stories in our own head that um, influences what we say and then somehow something all of a sudden goes sideways in our conversation and, and then the relationship itself starts to break down because something broke down in the conversation. So I really think so much of everything that we do comes down to how we communicate. And what I have observed is that, um, that like we, I think we all, I would, you know, I probably lump myself into that category. We all, I think, believe that we communicate pretty well just because we do it all day, every day. And I and don't necessarily see it as a competency to build. And I think there's an assumption that's underneath of that, that, you know, we start to make, which is that we are all experiencing and seeing the same reality. And, and the fact is that we don't, and it's, it's quite easy, I think, for things to go sideways in conversation. So I think that communication, you know, communication skills and having a way of looking at behaviors is vital to leadership. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, because um, we talk every day, we communicate every day, and it is so natural for us. We think yeah. that, oh, I can speak to my friends, I can speak to my family, I can <laughs> speak to my team as well. And suddenly they don't understand us or the, the work is yeah. not get done in time. So what what changes in in this business environment when we have to communicate certain change or certain tasks? What's, what should we have in mind? Well, even just the example that you just gave, like if you, you know, I think one of the things that um, happens often, and we'll all have different ways of behaving, but if things are going along, you know, we feel like we're communicating really well with our team. And then all of a sudden we notice that a thing that we wanted to get done or asked to get done didn't get done. And now we're surprised. And so we'll all have different ways of doing that. Some, you know, some leaders will say, fine, just, I'll do it. Just give it to me. I'll take it over. Someone else might say, um, hey, give really direct feedback. Hey, you know, this should have been done. Why wasn't it done? Um, Someone else might go off and not say anything about it, but complain to someone else. So I think we all have these, these moments where Something happens, the stakes actually rise for us, it changes our behavior. And then this this other um, version of our communication comes out and potentially just derails or harms the process. So 
I think that part of our work to do is how do we lower the stakes for ourselves enough to stay in conversation with people to be able to name like, hey, I'm surprised. Like I was, you know, I thought we talked about this last week. I'm really surprised that it wasn't done. What's happening for you? So that it that it truly does become a conversation and we can bring multiple perspectives into the conversation first, you know, before deciding how we're going to act. So, yeah, I think that's just an example of what happens in some of the breakdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. So what you're saying is we need to stay in the conversation, definitely, even if things go wrong, we should not leave or do things ourselves or start blaming others. But yep. stay in the conversation and somehow speak about our emotions and our feelings, right? Yep. I feel surprised. Yeah. yeah. There is a um, there's a technology that we use. It's called structural dynamics. Mm -hmm. And um, like real simply, it just there's um, multiple layers to it. But the but the first easiest layer to um, to action is that there are four actions that all of us use in all conversation. A move, which sets direction in the conversation. A follow, supports the direction of the conversation. An oppose, which offers correction. And then a bystand, which offers a morally neutral comment. And so to be in an effective conversation, we actually need all four of those actions, move, follow, oppose, and bystand. So one of the things that, you know, just by saying, um, being able to name my experience, it's a way of giving impact feedback to the other person. So um, when you said, you know, I, I notice I'm feeling confused, we would call that a bystand. And so it's a way of naming the experience in the conversation. And then you might then invite the person, you know, I'm curious what was happening for you, which is inviting someone else to bystand. And then to be in the conversation long enough that then someone can make a move to say, well, I noticed it didn't get done. You know, another bystand, you know, what would it take to get it done? So it's, it's another request for someone to make a move. So it's, it's just a smart way of being able to code what's happening in the conversation so that we make sure that all four of those actions are coming into the conversation when they're needed. Yes, yes. This, uh, I think that's a great tool. So thank you for for giving this tool to our listeners. I think that it is a great tool to use in any conversation just yep. to start speaking about our feelings and emotions. And coming back to introducing change and uh, leadership in the organization. Yep. So what do you think are the best communication strategies if we want to influence our teams, if we want to introduce change? I come back to that the four actions like i think that a lot of times and when leaders are introducing change into a team um you know there can be i'm not always sure that leaders are super clear for themselves and for others about the change that they're introducing so are they looking for feedback about it are they looking to involve others in the process of defining the change are they looking to just tell people about it? And the expectation is they want people to get on board and just take action. So I think the first step is to be really clear and intentional for ourselves and then to convey that to others about what's the what's the change? 
what's the ask of others? What's the role that you want them to play? And then, and then how are you going to go about doing that? So I think that's one of the first places that people can get really turned around is what are, what am I asking others to do? How am I asking them to be involved? Mm -hmm. So we need to know exactly what we're asking them to do. We need to make it clear for ourselves as well. Because sometimes in our communication, we are not very clear. For example, often I hear phrases like, let's have a look at this file or yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, let's do this together. And, not, and people are not really clear on what exactly yes. they need to do. So we need yes. to communicate our expectations yep. really clearly, right? Yeah. And in a way, that's them making a move, right? They're saying, let's do this or let's look at the file. And I think that's where people get confused. Um, when you ask me to look at it, are you asking for my opinion? Are you asking me to help you co-create it? Um, do I get a voice? And then, you know, my having worked with many teams where they're often somewhere in the middle of a change, a lot of times people will believe that they've been asked to contribute their perspective or their opinion or um, you know, I say, put your fingerprints on, you know, the the future of what that design will look like. And then people can get really deflated and um, demoralized when they start to realize that the leader's the one now that's going to make all of the decisions and that they start to feel like the input that they gave, you know, isn't being heard. And so I think that's part of the lack of clarity is what was the original ask? Not to say that everybody who offers a perspective or a point of view is going to get, you know, that the leader's ultimately going to follow the new suggestion. But I think it's about, you know, where does that conversation take them? And was the leader clear up front about, is this an ask? Um, or am I really just wanting to tell people the thing that I've already decided? So I, I think people get, um, they can get really deflated when that happens. And so then you'll see people show up sort of uh, in the next conversation they just get invited to. They'll say, well, why don't you just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Yes, absolutely. So people need to feel involved, need to feel that they have a voice, that they can actually influence yeah. the, the, the whole process. I think that such leaders are really impactful. And uh, from mm -hmm. what I remember, the leaders that I worked with, those who were genuinely asking for my opinion, even though I was not an expert on certain things, yeah. definitely in the past, but they were asking for my opinion. They were listening to me mm -hmm. and I felt that I'm important. I think that this yeah. element that you mentioned is is really making a difference. And then you're even more eager to to listen to such leaders and to, to follow their, you know, instructions in the future when, when you feel that you're being listened to. Yep. I think, you know, we say all the time, people will support what they help to create. And so the the idea of a leader introducing change and then being really clear for themselves and others, hey, listen, I really value and want your perspective and opinion. So let's, let's have a conversation about this or, or ideally let's have multiple conversations about this. You know, let's talk about it and let the thinking for everybody sort of, um, emerge, shift change by listening to what other people have to say. So in that 
in that sense, the idea for the change is actually coming about through the process of the conversation in a collaborative manner. And the leader can still say, hey, look, I'm still going to be the one that makes the final decision here, but I want to spend, you know, the next three days or I want to spend the next, you know, six hours having a conversation about this. And I really do want your perspective and opinion. So I'm, I'm here, I'm listening, and I'm ultimately going to be the one to make the decision, but, but I'll let you know what I end up deciding before I share it. So, so in that way, we can be really clear. People are, understand what their role is. They understand they're going to have a voice. And then maybe not necessarily, it's not going to be a decision by consensus where we all, you know, live with and support it. But I know what the process is. And I know as a participant what I'm signing up for. Yeah, yeah. It is so important. So, uh, the, but there are su such situations when teams, uh, people who work with us, they are not so eager to participate and to speak up. So what would you recommend to the leaders who are listening to us? How can we engage people to speak up, to collaborate on projects and to, to actually facilitate this, this environment? Yes. Well, I, I always think that there's lots of data when people don't want to participate. So I, um, you know, I think one way would be to say, is there a pattern in the organization where people just aren't clear what's being asked of them when they come into those sessions that they don't want to participate in? Because in, in a way that can be helpful feedback. But let's just assume that everybody does want to be there, but they're being quiet. I think the other challenge that I see and mistake, quite frankly, that I see leaders make is that there is a belief that I have to show up to the meeting and have the answers. So it's hard for leaders to actually take a step back and ask or prompt conversation from the group. But I think that's what needs to happen. Because if you show up with an agenda and you're speaking fast and you're moving from topic to topic to topic, I as a participant, I'm going to get the signal that says, hey, this person has it all figured out. No need for me to contribute. So it's it's harder. So I think they're your presence has to convey uh, that you're interested and you're willing to slow the pace enough to hear from other voices. So I think that's one sort of how do you show up? I think the other part is what, how can you prompt with questions rather than find yourself, like I often say, if you're, if you're stepping into that role and you really want to hear from others, then you need to be speaking about 20 or less percent of the whole time. And you really, like you're speaking needs to be in a way that prompts others to make moves. So I'd love to hear what others think. Or um, even better, how do you create space for the voice of opposition, which is often missing from conversations, the, the voice that offers a different perspective or, or a minority voice in, in the general opinion. So asking questions like, who sees it differently? What's at risk? Um, What's a challenge? You know, something that prompts for the the minority version is also helpful. So questions, making bystands, creating space, all of those things, I think, can signal to a group. Um, like you said a minute ago, it's a really different energy when people show up and they and you feel like somebody's checking a box that they pulled off the internet that says, ask this question and then um, prompt the group versus genuinely wanting to know. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, uh, even 
yesterday I was in one of such meetings where the leader of the meeting was just checking the, uh, you know, jumping from topic to topic. And as you were speaking, I thought, oh my God, it, it was it just <laughs> happened to me. And I was sitting at this meeting like, I, I think he knows everything. And yeah. I don't, I'm not needed at this meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Let me check my email or do something else. Yeah, I think that's how so much, you know, I hear, um, I hear so much and then I see, you know, all over social media, all the, all the memes about meetings and what makes them dysfunctional. People check out, people um, are disconnected or they multitask. I think that there's data in that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not the, the actually the, the fault of the meeting itself and the format of the meetings, but uh, we need to, as leaders, as, uh, as facilitators of such meetings, we need to... Yeah. Uh, kind of take responsibility for that to make yeah. people engaged. Uh, we can also, even if it is an online meeting, we can can engage them in the chat also and ask questions, as you said, to to get any kind of response from them to to for them to feel that they are contributing to this yep. meeting. Yep. Yes, those are all great points. So, yeah, thank you so much, Marshine. Uh, Marsha, I also know that uh, you have a new book, uh, Build Your Model for Leading Change. I see it uh, for those who are listening to us on audio. You might also check the video on YouTube and then you could see the book. Uh, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about this book and uh, what, uh, what what can we learn from it? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, like you and I have been talking um I hold that communication and our behavior really sits underneath of everything that we do. So how each of us individually behaves and forms how we lead and also how we lead change. So the book is designed to be, it's a, it's a full color guided workbook to build your model for both behavior, leadership, and living and leading change. So there are kind of four um, models in that. And I, What's important about it is that I think many of us as leaders can tell you what we do. We go, you know, we show up, we do this, we do that, you know, and expect that we'll get results. But I think very few of us could tell you why we do what we do. And I think it is in the understanding both what I do and why I do it that provides both clarity and confidence so I can show up in my role, I can be really clear, just even the example that I was just giving about, you know, the meeting and how you invite people, like your presence, how you invite them into a conversation. So for me, I believe that people will support what they help to create. So any type of change that I'm going to initiate will often have a component of asking for their input. And I do that because I believe in the power of what can emerge through conversation. That doesn't mean that's the only model for doing that. And so I'm just a really big advocate that I think is part of our own leadership development. It's about defining that for ourselves. And in that comes clarity and the ability to work with a difference. So when I encounter people who hold a different perspective, how can I make space for that? Yes, I totally agree with you that we need to figure out for ourselves what kind of leader we are, because uh, yeah. there are a lot of, you know, books on how to be perfect this, best the, that. Yeah. The, you know, we are all 
different. So yes. I think yes. that it is great that you have this workbook where we can actually, you know, answer questions and figure it out ourselves yes. and thinking about us. Yeah. It's like when you're, when you feel like you're done with all and all the leadership books and change books are really helpful. Um, but I think there's a part of any leadership journey that's about taking all that, you know, and then really starting to tell your own version of that story. What's your model? Yes. Yes. Applying it all to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so Marsha, if you had to uh, give our listeners a couple of last tips on uh, how to be a better leader and better communicator, then what yes. would you say? I would say um, very simply, I think leadership is how you show up and engage with others and the ability to do that in a, you know, in a genuine and authentic way, but also in a way that you're able to take responsibility for the impact you're having. Great, great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marsha. So if our listeners want to reach out to learn more about you, about your book, what you're yeah. doing, where can they find you? Best places on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me at Marsha Acker and I'm pretty good about responding within about 24 hours. So just tell me how you found me and I'm happy to connect. And then if you're interested in um, the book, you can find it at buildyourmodel.com. Um, and it's on a, it's available on Amazon. And if you go to buildyourmodel.com, you can download the seven junctures of self-awareness. So it's a part of kind of the steps of learning about our own behavior. And it's sort of underneath your leadership model. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for this freebie to our listeners. So I will definitely put the link under this episode so that they can immediately jump there and upload uh, what uh, you're offering and yeah. buy your book as well. Thank you so much, Marsha. It was a great conversation, very insightful. Thank you for all the tips. Um, and I'm sure that our listeners are inspired after listening to you. Thank you. Thanks, Selena. You are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, executive communication coach and TEDx organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career.